Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, many of the different seed pods and similar botanicals that we use uh, in our aquariums contain a substance known as lignin. Lignin is defined as a group of organic polymers, which are essentially the structural materials which support the tissues of vascular plants. They're common in bark, wood, and, yeah, seed pods. Then they provide protection from rotting, and they also add some structural rigidity. In other words, they make the seed pods kind of tough. And I'm covering this today because a lot of people ask, what is it in seed pods and botanicals that actually impacts the water uh, in our aquariums? And so we'll delve into that a little bit. Um, now, getting back to lignans, they are you know, what gives the seed pods their structural rigidity and strength. But that being said, they're typically broken down by fungi and bacteria in aquatic environments. Inputs of terrestrial materials like leaf litter and seed pods into aquatic habitats can leach dissolved organic carbon, which is rich in lignin and cellulose. Uh, factors like light intensity, mineral hardness of the water, and the composition of the aforementioned bacterial and fungal community all affect the degree to which this material is broken down into its constituent parts in this environment. Makes a lot of sense, right? But something we've known for a while. So lignin's a major component of the stuff that's leached into our aquatic environments, along with that other big player, tannin. Now, tannins, according to scientists, are a group of astringent biomolecules that bind to and precipitate proteins and other organic compounds. They're in almost every plant around, and they're thought to play a, you know, a pretty significant role in protecting the plants from predation and potentially aiding their growth. Now, as you might imagine, they're super abundant in leaves. In fact, it's thought that tannins comprise as much as 50% of the dry weight of leaves. That's a lot. And of course, tannins in leaves, woods, even the soils and plant materials tend to be highly water-soluble, creating our beloved black water as they decompose. As the tannins leach into the water, they create that transparent yet darkly stained water that we love so much. In simplified terms, black water tends to occur when the rate of carbon fixation, i.e. photosynthesis, and its partial decay to soluble organic acids exceeds its rate of complete decay to carbon dioxide, which is a process known as oxidation. Chew on that for a little bit. Try to really wrap your head around it. Look it up a little bit. It's, it's kind of an interesting process. And, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes the research that you do on these kind of topics can unlock some interesting tangential information, which can be applied to our work that we do in aquariums. Uh, another little interesting tidbit of info from science. Uh, for those of you weirdos like me that love using leaves and botanicals in our aquariums, but maybe some of you don't like the brown water. Yeah, there's a few of you. You can add baking soda to the water that you soak your wood in such to accelerate the leaching process. Why is this? Well, because more alkaline solutions tend to draw out tannic acid from wood uh, faster than pH neutral or acidic water does. Or you can simply keep using your 8.4 pH tap water and probably that dark color is not going to last very long. A little more armchair speculation here. This might be a good answer as to why some people can't get the super dark tint they want for the long term. If you have more alkaline water, those tannins are more quickly getting pulled out. So you might get an initial burst, but the color won't last all that long. It's something that we need to do a lot more research on before we can make ideal conclusions on this. But in the end, I'm still a huge believer in the use of reverse osmosis and deionized water exclusively for, back, you know, for botanical style aquariums. To, why? Because it gives us the best chance of not only manipulating water chemistry characteristics to those that we prefer, it also gives us the ability to reap maximum benefits from natural botanical materials, both aesthetically and functionally. <laughs> I like the way I said aesthetically, I tripped aesthetically. <laughs> anyway, we're also seeing a growing body of science-backed evidence that humic substances, which are a key component of black water, have significant health benefits for fishes. We've talked about this a ton. 
and they may be among the most important factors which contribute to their health in both the wild and in captivity. This uh, sort of revelation backs up what many aquarists who've dabbled with catapoles and barks and other stuff in botanical-style aquariums, particularly beta breeders, have asserted for years. In particular, it's thought that these compounds derived from botanicals have some antifungal and antiparasitic properties and offer protection against oxidative DNA damage from physiological stressors. With these health benefits now more clearly understood by science, there are more reasons than ever to appreciate the role that an environment which accumulates these humic substances can play in overall fish health. Although the health benefits to fishes are fascinating and actually somewhat of a game-changer, like many hobbyists, my interest lies with the creation of creating an aquarium that presents a more natural-looking, functional aesthetic. The physiological benefits are sort of a collateral bonus to me. And I think we're seeing a lot of hobbyists sort of getting their feet wet, trying a few leaves and or, you know, botanicals almost tentatively in an aquascape, then scaling up to a full-blown botanical-influenced blackwater aquarium. And with it, not only are we seeing an explosion of new ideas and enthusiasm, we're seeing hobbyists enjoy a sort of freedom of expression in their aquascaping that in some quarters has been lacking for so long as we've so rigidly adhered to some of the more imposed rules from a variety of sources. Those rules were, in my opinion, stifling experimentation and individuality, resulting in a dearth of aquascapes, particularly in those big competitions, which looked almost uniform in appearance with a trend towards creating you know, dioramas as opposed to a miniature slice at the bottom, as many people have desired. And the, the, the point of this being uh, is that by doing some of this experimentation with these natural materials, we get to understand nature as it exists. And nature has our own rules, and they have little to do with the arrangement of wood and rocks and stuff. Rather, they're more about function and evolution. I'm not implying that Blackwater botanical, you know, influence tanks are the savior of the hobby, or even that they're the only way forward in the hobby, though I think the takeaways from them just might be. I am implying that seeing a diversity of hobbies embrace what has previously been labeled as like a, you know, real radical departure from typical style aquariums or maybe just a fringe sideshow, and studying and utilizing the idea as a springboard for success with fishes and as a form of creative expression, is creating quite a bit of a movement in an area that was becoming increasingly one-directional. And it's nice to see new aquariums taking their cues from nature instead of the latest competition winner. Let's just keep working on this stuff, keep pushing the state of the hobby further than ever, backed up with facts and personal experiences. When we're not sure about something, there's absolutely no shame in saying we're just not sure. I do it all the time. Everybody wins that way. And there really is something interesting about our work. There's been a fair amount of research and speculation by scientists and hobbyists about the processes which occur when terrestrial materials like leaves and botanical items enter aquatic environments. And most of it is based on, you know, field observations by ecologists and uh, scientists in tropical areas of the world. As hobbyists, though, we have a unique opportunity to observe firsthand the, the impact and the effects of this material in our own aquariums. I love that aspect of our practice as it really creates some interesting possibilities to embrace and create more naturally functioning systems, while possibly even validating the field work done by scientists. It's pretty cool. It goes without saying that there's implications for both the biology and chemistry of the aquatic habitats when leaves and other botanical materials enter them. We've been saying that for years, right? The implications for unique and successful aquariums are almost too numerous to mention. And if you look at them objectively and carefully, these amazing botanical assemblages and the processes which form them are beautiful too. Stay fascinated, stay curious, stay open-minded, stay diligent, stay observant, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Sandin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tank.